Amanda Southworth is a 16-year-old student, developer, and entrepreneur, originally from California, and she's here to visit us today in order to contribute to the content of one of our new school risk management offerings, Bullying and Liability. Amanda, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, so as you said, I'm 16 years old. I live in California, and I also run a nonprofit software development company called Astrolabs. And essentially what we do is we make software for people that need it the most, but get it the least. That's a great line. <laughs> Thank you. Need it the most, but get it the least. Very simple and okay. to the point. All right, and that's your mission statement too, right? Indeed. Okay. You've spoken quite a few times publicly about your struggles with mental health and with bullying. Mm -hmm. Will you share with our viewers just a little bit about that experience? Yeah, of course. Um, so always throughout my life I've had different issues just as a result of the environment I was in. Uh, but when I moved to a new town, I got into a new middle school, and it was just a completely different culture than what I was used to. It was definitely a culture shock. It was like I was an alien landing from a different planet into a very hostile world. <laughs> um, so for me, I didn't know any of the customs or the traditions of this new place. Um, I was missing home quite a bit. And so for me to make that transition was a little bit rocky and also kids aren't the nicest and kids there were very rude to me and um, I already had a little bit of anxiety from a previous event before this so when I moved it really started to reveal itself and then the more I stayed in this area and the more I talked to these kids the more depressed I got and the more uh, isolated I felt. It just was not a very fun experience. Um, and for me, it was really hard to deal with because I was taken from the home that I lived in for many years that I loved and I was dropped with all these people that I hated. Um, and so for me to make that adjustment was really hard on my own mental health. And then I started working really hard. I was taking hard classes. I really pushed myself to the limit that I could. And so for me, that was naturally a huge shock and it definitely negatively impacted my health. Okay, your physical health, your mental health, your well-being? Both of them. I mean, when I was mentally ill, I not only engaged in mentally destructive behaviors, but I engaged in physically destructive behaviors, which I think is definitely a side effect of mental illness and bullying that we don't talk about enough, is not only the physical scars that it can leave, but also the mental scars and how it's going to impact you throughout the rest of your life. Because it's not a one and done. It's not, no. Okay. How do you define bullying? I define bullying as dehumanization or anything that's really dehumanizing to somebody. It doesn't have to be a simple act of, you know, shoving somebody into a locker, but it could be um, a hate comment, spreading a rumor that you know is not true, just doing something to make somebody else feel inferior because you want them to. Okay. Where has bullying occurred for you outside of school, or has it? Um, it's definitely occurred, for me, it was mostly inside of school. Uh, as a result of my work, I get a lot of online bullying, and I get a lot of, you know, online harassment, which is never fun. Um, but for me, mostly the bullying resulted in just isolation, a lot of rude comments being made towards me, um, generally being left out and kind of being, you know, the black sheep of the family. So that was how it resulted for me. But for other people, it's especially within my own friend group at the time, it was more about, uh, 
you know, shoving and about physical attacks. And especially in the school district where I was, that was a huge issue. So it not only was the, were these, you know, gaslighting techniques, but they were also these physical attributes to it. You've actually created some tools. I have. Yes. So let's talk about those. Mm -hmm. What are the tools that you've created? I touched a bit on this earlier where I create software for people that need it. Um, and so what this means is I take a problem that a specific community faces and I create free accessible software to combat that. So right now I have two pieces of software on the market. I have Anxiety Helper, which is an all-in-one mental health toolkit. You can find information, resources, and tools based on cognitive behavioral therapy to help you learn about and understand and deal with mental health in your daily life. And then I also have Verena, which is a free and fully encrypted security system for the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, so it's all about looking at these different marginalized communities and looking at places where traditional resources fail them and then creating resources that can be appended to whatever they currently have to make sure they have a better life. Okay, so you not only talk the talk, but you walk the walk and you, you make the tools if they're <laughs> not available. Tell me a little bit about the Anxiety Helper. I wanna focus on that for right now. Mm -hmm. What's the main purpose and what are some of the primary functions mm -hmm. that that app does for you? So the main purpose is to really educate somebody that may have mental illness or who has a loved one that has mental illness and to provide them with the proper next steps going forward. The app provides tools based on cognitive behavioral therapy. So a technique or a tool that a therapist would teach you is essentially put into app version and it's made accessible to everybody. Uh, so this means the app can guide you through panic attacks. The app can help you release your anger in a positive way rather than a destructive way like uh, self-harm or drinking or things like that. The app can provide you with resources for almost any mental illness ever categorized and it overall is just an all-in-one place where people can come and learn about mental health and deal with it from there. Okay. You said it was tools and helps you with panic attacks. How does it help you? What did, I've not ever experienced one, so walk me through that. What does it look like? Um, so generally, a panic attack is different than regular anxiety, where a panic attack is essentially a stream of concentrated anxiety or concentrated fear. Um, and so when this happens, you tend to be very irrational. You tend to be very hard to talk to. You can have heavy breathing. You kind of just completely shut down. Uh, it's essentially like going into shock for some people where it just automatically renders them useless to anything. Uh, you know, sometimes this can be a response to an outside situation, like maybe, uh, you know, getting fired from work, or it can just be triggered by anything, or it can be triggered by nothing at all. Sometimes it can just be random. Um, but essentially, like I said, it's a very hard thing to go through because you're in a state of panic and you may not know why. And the main thing that happens with these attacks is that fear is the only thing on your mind. Um, so there's this technique called grounding that a lot of mental health professionals use. And it talks about focusing on your surroundings so you can get out of your own head. So the app incorporates that in and it's like, okay, what color are your shoes today? You know, what, what color is your shirt? Um, what's your favorite song? 
and it essentially takes these grounding techniques and it puts them into an app version so that the user can use it on the go, can use it discreetly, can use it without you know, causing a big scene. Um, and they can get them through this issue very easily without asking for outside help. Okay, so your app actually walks you through these grounding steps. Mm -hmm. How many questions are there? Um, it's generally randomized, but it's usually a sequence. So okay. one of the parts of this panic attack guidance is that you want to distract them from what's going on in their head. So there's a section where you can write a short story and it gives you a cute little prompt. There's a breathing section so you can take some deep breaths. There's a game section so you can kind of get out your anger. Um, and you can clench your muscles, point, flex your toes, um, and just kind of physically let out all of that stress. So there's other little attributes and little components of it that all come together to help you through this. Mm. You've experienced this yourself, but how did you learn all of these techniques and these tips and the processes to now put it into an app? It was a lot of research. Uh, it was a lot of, you know, looking stuff up on Google and it was a lot of finding techniques that are out there but not in one collective place. I think the internet is a really awesome tool and it gives you so much information. Uh, but for me it was so hard to look at all of this and to kind of not have it in one place. I mean, when you're mentally ill you just want a one and done solution and that's not what I found. And so what I did was I took my time and I took my resources and I went out and I looked for everything that I knew that I would have wanted and then I applied that to the app. So it was really about doing just a lot of research and looking into different very niche things and about just really opening my mind to anything and then taking what I learned and figuring out how I could put that into software. It was, it was something I loved, and I find that when I do something I love, it never felt like work, and it never felt like a chore. So for me, I didn't even mind not sleeping, and I didn't mind um, all of the research. You said it's something that you love. When did you fall in love with this? The beginning of sixth grade. Um, that was also, you know, when I was moving, and I was dealing with all of this culture shock. Um, and so for me, I was invited to a robotics team. And it was really my first glimpse at a creative way of managing stress and a creative coping method. And instead of, you know, being destructive and tearing myself down, I would go to this robotics lab and I would build this tool that solved a very niche issue. And then I would give it to others to use. And that essentially set off a spark in me. It was like a romantic comedy where one person looks at a computer and they like immediately fall in love, uh, but with robots and with technology and things like that. Um, so for me, it was really that initial taste of it that just pulled me in and brought me back for more. So before I developed this app, I had years of experience in programming and in design and in, um, in the general technology process. But that was the first time I've ever used it with other research to help other people. So through all this creativity and all this inspiration that you have, was there one moment or one something that inspired you to develop the Anxiety Helper and what it would actually look like in the usability? For me, I had the idea of Anxiety Helper and I had like this general picture of what I wanted it to be in my mind. I had a little bit of experience with, um, you know, other apps. I had an iPhone, I would 
open up the App Store, I would look at other apps. Um, but I found there wasn't anything that really stood out to me. There was, there was not, you know, a streamlined pattern uh, of apps that would be helpful for this certain group. Because you know, when you're really anxious, you don't want to open an app that has like red flashing text and like very loud noises. You want it to be very calm. So the design process is all about taking a problem and then figuring out how can I, you know, make this easier for the specific group. So that's what I did, and I did a lot of research into the psychology of colors, I did a lot of research into user experience, into user interface, um, and it was all about how do you help people who are in a heightened state of vulnerability navigate an app. And so for me, what I found is that people love high contrast, they love calming colors, and they love no noises, um, obviously. Um, and it was really about designing an experience that made people feel good and that didn't make them frustrated and didn't make them, you know, easily give up. It was all about gesture-based um, gesture based swiping and all about, you know, different font sizes and different ways that you word things and just things that you wouldn't notice in general until they're already in place. Okay. A lot of thought went into this. <laughs> A lot of thought. <laughs> Was there one turning point in your own struggle, in your own journey, that you can remember that it, you thought, okay, now I know what my purpose is? I think it wasn't really a turning point. For me, it was more of a realization. Um, I was fortunate enough to be one of the first Code with Classy Scholars. So for me, that meant I got to travel to Venice Beach, California for two weeks and uh, participate in a web development course. And while I was there, I realized that, you know, I just got out of this really tough part of my life and I didn't want to go back and I didn't want to deal with that ever again. Um, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do moving forward. And all I knew was that I love technology and that I loved helping people and I wanted to help other people. Um, so I was just sitting on a lifeguard tower one day um, and I was like, you know, why not make something that I would have wanted when I was younger? And that was really the catalyst for me, is just connecting two and two together, is making the tools that I didn't have that I needed. And that's where it all started. How can someone who is a victim of cyberbullying, which we touched on earlier, how can they use your anxiety helper to help in this situation? Well, generally a lot of victims of cyberbullying may experience some anxiety. They might experience some panic attacks. Uh, and they might experience, you know, a whole slew of symptoms that mentally ill people do. Uh, so definitely using the tools, using the resources. There's a lot of hotlines within the apps. There's the crisis text line. So if you're in an emergency, you can text that. And instead of calling someone and talking to them over the phone, you can text with someone and get specialized counseling that way in an emergency. Um, but essentially taking advantage of and leveraging the resources and the tools within the app to help you until you can get to a place where you can talk to a trusted adult about it or you can talk to somebody uh, that you know will make a difference about it. Okay. And I, I'd like to add, and I'm not, I've not experienced this, but mm -hmm. as a parent, if you get to that trusted adult mm -hmm. and maybe they don't give you what you feel like you need, don't stop. Mm -hmm. Go to someone else mm -hmm. because we don't want kids to be discouraged. Exactly. Okay. You talked that you've created two apps now, and you have how many in production? Three. <laughs> okay. Do you want to share anything about those, or are those still super secret? Um, they're a little secret, but okay. you'll be hearing about them very soon. Okay. That's a good enough teaser. That's Thank fine. you. Where do we find your apps? 
Uh, you can go to withastra.com and read all about us and see all of our apps and everything that we're about. Okay, and that's Astra, A-S-T-R-A, right? Indeed, withastra.com. Withastra.com, okay. Is it available for Apple users? I assume is. yes, because you like Apple. And what about Android? Android is coming soon. Nice, okay. What advice, if they only take one thing away from watching you today, what advice would you give somebody who's struggling with bullying or mental health issues? Um, your present is not indicative of your future. And that was something that it took me a really long time to realize is that I was stuck in this place and I was like, you know, I'm never going to be happy. I'm never going to have a job that I love. I'm never going to do anything that I want to do. And now I'm 16 and I have my dream job and I work with my best friend every day and I never saw that. And I feel like it's really important when you have mental illness or when you have a stressful situation to know that there's a life beyond that and that you can't make decisions um, regarding whether or not you want to have that life. You can't, you know, make accurate decisions based on your current data. That's something that I find. I work a lot with, you know, machine learning and artificial intelligence and a lot of people don't foresee future consequences very well. Um, so, you know, even though you might be in a stressful situation now, in five years, you're not going to be in that situation. And it's really silly to make a decision that affects the rest of your life based off of something that you're only going to deal with for a short period of time. Okay. That was a, a really good answer. Thank you. And I think your tagline is important enough to say again, your present is not indicative of your future. Definitely. Okay. That almost sounds like a tattoo. <laughs> It probably, probably, <laughs> probably will be. Probably somewhere. Okay. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for your time oh and coming gosh. by today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.